Welcome back to Unpaid Movie Critics. I am your unpaid movie critic. And let me tell you, I am so unpaid, it's ridiculous. And the <laughs> other, the, the, the lovely lady to my Zoom call, the woman who invented seven new kinds of jelly flavors over the pandemic, Miss Becky Fixel. The, the, you know, it might be about seven. Have you tried any of the weird flavors? Like, are you just- No, no one sends me anything. Well, I'm afraid to send glass. That's why I don't send honey too, because that stuff will eke out and get everything sticky and gross. And I don't want to send a box of yuck. Mm. So, but I don't want to pay the cost of shipping glass, but also the cost- oh, It's expensive. It is. And then if they break and there's jelly all over everything, that'd just be gross. So- Sometimes, sometimes it's not. Well, I know, but like the watermelon <laughs> rind jelly that I made, so good. I, I don't even know how to respond to that. So um, it's, it's uh, so good. And then tomatillo lemon jelly. Ooh. Right. I was actually just making that up. So <laughs> ironic <laughs> no, that you actually true. did. I did. I made, I have so many weird jellies this year that I was like, I don't know what to do with all the shit I'm growing. Like it, this year, the garden went insane. So you know, what else do you do with 200 pounds of tomatoes and about 50 pounds of peppers and juggle juggle. Yes. <laughs> so, but you know, maybe if you ever come back to Detroit, I will send some home with you. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but maybe I can never say never in Kentucky. There you go. See, see, that'll work. Ah. So, so today we have a couple different movies. I, I forgot what I think was um, our personal cult classics from the uh, 90s. I believe it was, correct? You said cult classics from the 90s. You didn't say personal. But our, I think personally, I think, well, I think both of the, I mean, Mallrats uh, was Becky's pick. And we'll go to that first because let's just dive that one in. Okay. Um, so yeah, you're going to make fun of it. But for the man who likes time capsule movies, this movie is like the epitome of a time capsule. Like the clothing, the, the humor, all of it. I mean, it's Kevin Smith. So it's always going to be a little weird and dry and stuff like that. But if you look at the fashions they're wearing, that's the same mm -hmm. shit you see on the shelves at, and the racks at Target right now. It's disgusting and weird. So <laughs> seeing that stuff just come back, but it's a movie that just makes me laugh a lot. I know you it's- know, I, okay, rewatch it. I liked it when I first saw it many, many moons ago when I was seven, but um, watching it now, actually, it was almost painful to sit through. Really? Yeah, it was very difficult for me. And I'll tell you, it was because I really saw the difference between how badly it was overwritten. Okay, but it to was- To a point. What film was that for Kevin Smith? I mean, all number of his, two. Okay, so very early in his career, but it's, I'm sorry, the cats are slamming the door to try to get in. But um, it's also very, you know- it's very much his style. Like all of his films kind of have that. It's like nail on the head jokes, you know? Well, it wasn't even that. Okay, so it was more like there was, I mean, I, uh, there were some really good actors in this movie. Shannon Doherty, I think is actually a very good actress. Um, this is I, probably I, the only role I like her in. I'm not a huge fan of hers. So, you know, mm -hmm. and like- She I was said, really good. 
He was. And like I said before, I think this is the role that kind of gives me the idea of Ben Affleck in my mind. And I'm not a huge fan of his. And he plays as just total asshole in this movie. Right. Pasty. Very, very pasty. Right. (laughs) So I'm not sure if that's where that comes from. But, you know, it's probably one of the earlier films I was introduced to him in. Well, here's what I thought was really, first off, it, there was so much dialogue that would was so. It reminded me of watching Gilmore Girls and anything that Amy Sherman Palladino writes because everyone's talks the same, and for her work, like you watch Miss Maisel, which is one of my favorite shows. I think it really works because she creates a world. She says, "This is this world." Everyone speaks in this world and this language, and it's super fast, kind of like, and everyone does it. There's not one character in her shows that do not speak like that. Even in Gilmore Girls, Dean actually was doing that with Rory. And it, it, you just have to go with it. And Kevin Smith in this role, it was like he would launch into that and they'd go out of it. Those characters, those actors are trained in her, her shows. They basically have classes, I think, to show them how to speak her dialogue. And there's how to talk as fast as she wants them to. Mm-hmm. Here, it was like there was a whole segment where Shannon Doherty was yelling at Jason Lee. And I'm like, I, I didn't understand a damn thing she said. Yeah. And I, I literally was like, I don't understand. Jeremy London would spout things off that he had, he had no idea what he was saying. Um, it, it, and it happened a lot in this movie. And it was almost like, wow. It, it, it was jarring. And I was like, you can tell the actors had no idea a lot of the things that they were saying. And I think that was the problem because the plot wise, I thought it was fun. Yeah, but you have to also realize a lot of them, they're still earlier in their careers at this point too. A lot of them weren't super established yet. I mean, Shannon Doherty, yes. But if you're an actor and you're cast in this role, there's a fail. There's a fail. There's somewhere there is a failure. And I think that was part of the reason why the movie got criticized so badly. And there were some parts where it was just like, why is this person in it? Like the security guard had no emotion. Like, why is he so scary? He was just blank. Yeah. The force. I was like, literally, he's not scary. And then the 15-year-old thing was kind of creepy. You know, that from one, this lens, from this yeah, lens yes. now. In this lens now. Back then, it was still a little bit like, hmm, and then now the I just went. Oh, Lord. Did you? Well, I know, right? Because both of us could have a 15-year-old at this point. But showing that video up there, you know, yes, that Mm -hmm. would take him down. But isn't that also a crime, showing that publicly? Yeah, all of it. Well, okay, so here it is. So how many people did she have sex with? It was 70-something at that point. And her parents are fine with it. Her parents were fine (laughs) with it. And she wrote a book. Yeah. It was, and it goes into this whole thing. Okay, so her parents are fine with it. She's 15. It was semi-consensual because it wasn't like she did it. It's not consensual because she's not of age. No publisher would touch this book. And she's also not telling her real age, is my guess. Because I'm assuming, because he didn't know. Well, I mean, even if he did, he was a skis bald, so he'd lie about it. But. Right. I mean, like, it, it, the <laughs> I was just like randomly going through my brain, like, what is the, what is the implications? What are we talking about in in in, in watching it now? And who the fuck would write that into a movie? 
well, <laughs> just like all of it right again it was still early in kevin smith's career but then i mean if you look at dogma there's still other weird weird shit that comes through you know it's literally weird shit literally dogma. yes so but i will say you know we do have the things like stanley's first real big cameo in it and mm-hmm. also the tie back to captain marvel when he's on the bus reading the mall rat script you know so there's right. that kind of thing nod you know which is kind of cool but you know it's one of those it's it's definitely not a thinker movie then again neither is your choice i will say that hands <laughs> down but it still has its funny moments and when you go through i mean look at the store names alone you know though just right. the little jokes all the way through it and is that the same mall they used in stranger things no because it looks like it but this mall was I actually looked it up it's still in existence it's still operational and it's still doing well uh they remodeled it completely but uh someone actually went to visit the filming locations the only thing that was recognizable was when jay and silent bob run down the side of the building and they turn into the, like a little shipping enclave that looks exactly the same everything well, yeah, else is unrecognizable yeah, everything else is unrecognizable okay. uh, over the years. But it's kind of fun to see that it's still thriving. The Stranger yeah. Things mall is pretty much out of business. Well, you know, most malls, I mean, even here, I want to say there's three, maybe four in the whole Metro Detroit area that's still open. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, it's oddly the one really close to me is, and I don't know why. But, you know, hmm. of course, like Somerset with all the, the fancy stores we can't afford, yeah. that one is. But yeah, because most- we're unpaid movie critics. Correct. <laughs> um, damn it. I know. Sponsored in part by 7 Eleven. Uh, when yeah, you're poor and you want a Slurpee, go to 7 Eleven. It's $1.99. Maybe you can afford it. Maybe you can't. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> you know, we can actually run ads on here, which we might end up doing eventually, but they'll give us a real script, not just what's in Mike's cup. That so, should be a that should be a whole segment. What's in Mike's cup? I know. Um, Although I saw Mike posted a Billy story to his site today. I did. Billy got a photo fail with Jessica Chastain, which oh. I mean he's met her five million times because he's stupid. Um, no, I love Billy. Don't I he's coming over this weekend and he actually just called me right before this. I just oh. come. Um he's yeah. like, Oh, I'm Billy. But Billy's famous for his photo flops. I I because he has he had a camera i don't know if he has a phone camera now but it's like yes he had to always go it's double flash it's double flash and so what because people would turn after the first flash because it would blind them well you, you <laughs> okay a good photographer knows how to do those photos without flash let's just put it that way because my picture with just billy is not blurry and whatever and she's it's, adorable, FYI. She's very sweet. But, you know, okay, going back to Mallrats for a second. Sorry, sorry. I, I also it. still, you know, honestly, is it Jason London or I can't remember. Jeremy. Jeremy. He is so terrible. It's almost like <laughs> he tried to be awful. Like, how in the world was he this bad? And then Claire Forlani the same way. She was like, um... I'm trying to be Kristen Stewart, even though Kristen Stewart doesn't exist yet. And uh, really, uh, I'm like, oh my God, I wanted, I wanted the stage to literally collapse in on themselves and kill them all. Okay. But I will say, 
that whole scene, the whole shooting something in the mall, the whole mall culture is so very freaking nineties. Oh yeah. Because I mean, as a teen, get dropped off at the mall, whatever. Now you it you have to force me to go into a mall. But <laughs> kids now don't want to go and walk around the mall and go shopping and just go browsing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's Santa and Easter Bunny still in the mall. They still do that crazy ass shit. But could you imagine like kids today just hanging out in the mall or them shooting reality TV in the mall? No. No, it just... You know, it's very much, that's why it surprises me. You don't like it so much. I mean, I understand, you know, the dialogue and everything's another issue, but this one is definitely a pocket of time. Oh, it's completely a pocket of time. There's a lot of it I liked. Like, I'm not saying I didn't, I thought Jason Lee for his first movie ever was brilliant. Yeah. It, he popped, you know, and even um, Joy Lauren Adams, I thought did a great job with a nothing I really like her. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it. I don't know what she's been it, doing lately. Uh, oh well if you look her up lately you'll understand something um but um the it did i just watching it and it's like the the female characters are underwritten that's normal for hollywood um they're they're getting better they're getting better but most women in movies are not fully formed humans they're there to move a plot along yeah, I mean, Claire Forlani literally had no character. She was just there to be like, no, I thought the guy's name, <clears throat> J.R., J.C., I blocked him out of my brain. Like, yes, yes. B.S., whatever this fucking name is. not P.S., P.S., B.S., B.T., <laughs> just please drink the can of bleach and be done. Um, We're not talking about Heathers. Oh, God, I wish. If we did, life would be a whole great experience. I almost rewatched oh, we'll it again, but there's so many this. quotable movie lines oh. in that movie. I know. I mean, kill me, kill me with a chainsaw. Okay. Um, <laughs> my my <laughs> teen angst bullshit has a body count. It's amazing. That movie's amazing. It is um, absolutely. <laughs> but I I really was disappointed. I didn't think I would I would have this kind of reaction when I saw it again, and I really did. I I had a very strong reaction to disliking it, and I I didn't oh, dislike it before. I'm shocked. I didn't dislike it. I was really almost like, how, I, I, the whole time I looked at the budget, but how did this movie cost $6 million? It looks like it was run with two pulley wires and, uh, uh, I mean, like, like a, a Witch style filming. Yeah, it was so painful to see. And but I mean, and I liked time. Clerks. You love Clerks? I liked Clerks. I thought Clerks was great. See, and the first one, well, I have a issue. There's only one. There's only one. Okay. The first one, I dislike Mm-mm. slightly. There's <laughs> only one. Anyway, people can, can check that out on IMDb. I'm sure they'll find you're wrong there, sir. No, they won't. Because if if they're actual real humans, they'll understand there is only one. Okay. Well, clerks, I have an issue with because the contrast of the black and white and if you are light sensitive, mm. you can't really watch it too long. It hurts my eyes to watch Clerks. Well, they did it because they didn't have any money. Well, I know. And I know that. But I have issues watching that movie just because it hurts my eyes. And it's black and white. And it's not even, I think it's just overexposed in black and white. It's not even fully, like, it, it's not color graded well. I guess. Oh, no. 
but I, it, first movie, I kind of get it. So, you know. And I mean, and you look at someone, you're like, okay, it's a second movie. This felt like a first draft of the screenplay. Like, did he not edit it himself? Did he not have someone read it and go, you know what, this is stupid. Okay, okay. but, 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 how much, um, how heavily into drugs were they at that point too? Yeah, I mean, I get it, I'm sure, but I don't give that as an excuse for a film. Well, you can, your script should be pitch point perfect. I agree. This was not. I mean, it was, it was just honestly, like it was, it was, it was really badly written. I was like, wow. When you're when you have every character that sounds the same, that's like screenplay 101. I I just was very upset by it. I mean, Shannon Doherty had that whole speech in the elevator and she tried really hard. Yeah. I could you could see it. And she did a good job with a very limited character. Um, but it was almost like every character Kevin Smith wrote that was a female was a shrew. Yeah. There was literally no good. I mean, and you had Joy Lauren Adams who did a good job, but her character was still deemed as a bitch who dumped BS. And then, you know, you had Shannon Doherty's character who was, you know, oh, she's a shrew because I'm playing my video games and I'm a comic book guy and I'm so cool. And then you had the 15-year-old whore. Mm-hmm. Um, and Claire Forlani who had the personality of wallpaper paste. And why would, you know, and she's still was the bad guy for helping her dad. I'm like, that's logical. Well, okay, helping her dad, yes. Breaking up with him because daddy said so at that age, if you're old enough to agree to get married. you. I don't think she broke up with him because his dad said so. I think she broke up with him because he acted like such a dick. Well, there is that, but also that shows how mature they were and they shouldn't have been getting married anyhow. Because neither of them could have an honest, none of them could have a conversation with each other with the issues in their relationships. But I mean, literally, that show was happening. Okay. The show was happening that day. All you had to do is suspend your fucking trip by 24 hours. Calm the fuck down, Slapo. Right. Although them blaming him because the other girl drowned. Ridiculous and stupid. It was wildly dumb, but whatever. Although that one, I believe that story carries through to some of the other movies too. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those insider type things that just keeps traveling through. Right, I mean, you know, but whatever. Yeah. So speaking of drug use, let's move (laughs) on to your movie. (laughs) Because Mike chose 1991 Soap Dish. Now, My question in this and the drug use thing, this is um, an earlier role for Robert Downey Jr., Yes, who he looked great and had great oh, hair. Oh, he did. He absolutely did. But wasn't this during his drug point? It was right before. Okay, so that's why. Right. Because I was like, I'm wondering when his addiction started. Because I was like, he looks too damn good. He looks. I was rewatch when I rewatched. I was like, everyone looks amazing. I was like, Sally Field looked like. I was like, wow. You know, in comparison, I, mean, I didn't realize it'd been that long, but you know, 20 years, yeah. I guess. And the cast in here. I mean, it has Carrie Fisher. She, oh my god it has a ton of people and it's i mean you have three oscar wait i'm not robert Downey jr didn't win i don't think right i don't know well sally field and whoopi won for sure then you i know robert was nominated i know uh elizabeth shu was nominated for an oscar i don't i think kevin for Klein this was movie? at some point or no and just in ones. general okay. but if you think about like a casting wise if you had all these people 
you know, I'm going to go on a limb and say Kevin Klein was nominated at one point, but that's three Oscar nominees, two Oscar winners in the main cast. That's a great yeah. cast. And, and then you I also mean, had, you know, I like Kathy Moriarty. Moriarty was amazing. I mean, I like her. I think I first, and I mean, this will show my age. I first was introduced to her in Casper. Oh, yeah, I forgot she was in that. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know a ton of movies she's in, but every time she's there, I know who she is. So, mm. you know, but it was like turning on a soap opera, watching it with my grandmother in the 90s. This movie, well, it is. That's the whole point. It's funnier. It's, it's a soap opera front yeah. and back. And, and showing I that thought, life is just as bizarre as soap operas. Yeah, and I thought they did a really good job. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was grounded in some level. And I think, rewatching it again, I thought it, it, it definitely, to me, it held up. Um, it's, it's totally a fluff movie. And a friend yeah. of mine is, like, she's down this week um, with COVID. She's down this week with COVID. She's yeah, down she's this fully, week with COVID. Fully vaccinated and uh, got it. She caught help, it. Helping a friend by babysitting. Um, so, yeah. So I told her, I'm like, you don't have to focus. You don't have to think. This is a decent movie. <laughs> it's on Hulu and um, people. It's easy. Yeah. I'm like, it's there. It's free. You know, it's got people you'll recognize. Mm-hmm. And she loves watching like Matlock and Saved by the Bell and all that. Like, that's all she still watches. So I'm like, it's like the perfect time frame for you anyhow. So, you know. There you go. I found it. I mean, it was an interesting movie. It was funny. I don't know if that is one that I would ever pull up again. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, but it was funny and it was cute. So. You know, I, I enjoyed it because it's. You like your 90s. I, I, I like my 90s movies. I like that they take a chance on something different. Right. This, this movie was never done the same or, or different since. Right. Um, I really liked that. And I thought I, I thought it was hilarious. They added some stuff that it was way better and way funnier than it needed to be. And I thought it was really well done. Like you look at it and you're like, each of these characters have their character. Right. I, I thought everyone did a great job. Elizabeth Shue had, uh, had a very difficult job. Yes. Her, 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 her transition. And I thought rewatching it, I'm like, it was a little rushed um, at the end when she became the, the maniacal bitch. But then again, not really, because you put these cameras on someone and all of a sudden you give them power when they had no power. And all of a sudden right. she's in the show and boom, people all of a sudden become assholes. The only thing I wish they kind of did in a nod to in this one was like, because Sally Field's character keeps winning awards. I wish they would have just kind of played it off like the Susan Lucci thing. You know, she was nominated, what, 19 times and never won. Yeah. You know, I was I was hoping for that, you know, just a little bit more of a nod towards like some of the the greats, I say with air quotes of. You yeah. Know, of, of daytime TV. That'd been funny, actually, if she didn't win in the beginning and then won at the end. Right. You know, after she gets her life together, sort of. Yeah. You know. But I mean, she plays, I'm surprised at how well she kind of played that leading lady and the crazy soap opera lady. And she did great with comedy. I mean, she's known for drama. And, yeah. you know, Sally Field has only done a few comedies. I mean, you look at Murphy's Romance, you look at uh, Punchline, you know, Legally Blonde 2, uh, you know, but 
her her comedy and a lot of times it's really tough to bounce back and forth yeah but she did a great job I and mean, Meryl Streep is not good at comedy like there are there are only a few movies that she actually nailed the comedy I mean she devils unwatchable death becomes her brilliance like that's the one movie she did a great job yeah but other than that I I, I don't think her comedies are very good at all like Mamma Mia is an embarrassment uh that's a guilty pleasure movie I mean it doesn't there's no guilt <laughs> it's no pleasure it's it's uh, uh, uh you know but you know you look at something like soap dish and you're just like wow that's like a little fun it's just a fun movie to put on it's like legally blonde in some level where you put oh, it on and cool. it's just it puts you in a funny little mood like oh look that's hilarious how well did this do at the box office though because i it, i mean i was <clears throat> too young for it when it came out right so i wasn't i don't it's like in that long list of movies that no, i never heard of this one so you know there's a lot of movies from that time frame, even older ones that I've gone back and I've watched now. Yeah. But like this one, I had never heard of. And, you know. I think it did okay. I mean, I don't okay. think it was a hit. Hit. I think it did okay. If this was movie made, was movie, this, this movie was made now with appropriate cast that would be in comparison to who's on there now, it would cost a fortune. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think back then it did because, um, you know, people didn't charge as much and it wasn't as, no one was, you know, it, it just didn't, it, you could do a movie like this in a lower budget. Well, and knowing you know, how much Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Um, made on the first Iron Man movie. Yeah. Later, you know, what he made on this, like, I mean, he was coming out of the addiction and all that for Iron Man. You know, he was clean at that point, but right. still, you know. Robert Downey Jr., people do forget, back in the day, he had some really great roles that were extremely um, diverse. There was, besides Soapdish, which, again, it was funny when I had him sign it, um, you know, Less Than Zero, okay. Chaplin. He had, and Heart and Souls, I don't know if you saw Heart and Souls, I don't but think so. it was also another... Uh, 90s comedy that with Elizabeth Shue ironically that is really well done it's really funny and has a surprising amount of heart um he he and kiss kiss bang bang I mean like he did a lot of really good films and only people remember Iron Man right now which I get right you know it's tough it's really tough even only you yeah was great chances are I really enjoyed that you know, there's a lot of really fun. His comedies of the 90s and 80s were really, really fun. And then he disappeared for a bit. And then I came back and everybody knows him as Iron Man. And that's all he'll be for the rest of his career, I'm sure. Well, maybe not. That's what it'll be known as. I, I think that's his role. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people have their role. I think if you look at actors, they have their signature role. <clears throat> and you look at Meryl Streep, her signature role is Deborah Wars Prada. Right. Which I, I love that movie. You, I love that. Who doesn't love that movie? You could, well, That's another movie you could watch anytime. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. You have, um, you know, Sally Field, I think, would be Norma Ray if you're going to pick it for her. Right. Um, you know, these people have their signature role. Sylvester Stallone will always be Rocky. Yep. I mean, you can say Rambo in some level, but eh, you're yeah. going to say Rocky. Especially if you've seen the last one. Uh, I did not. 
but um, that was a rough that was very rough i took my parents to that one yeah i mean like look arnold who will arnold always be terminator you know, terminator you know i mean yeah you love predator yet yeah, you love um kindergarten cop but it's going to be terminator right and that's their signature role you yeah. know I, and i think you know it- them gambling on at that point Robert Downey Jr. to bring him in as Iron Man I mean that role was written that it's him you know it was him it was him but he did it so well dude so well Well, Terrence Howard was the one that really pushed for him and then which because they're ripped yeah it's kind of interesting when you hear about it you're like so Terrence Howard pushed Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. was like no I want more money John Favreau underwrote Brody in the second Iron Man and then they were like well why am I paying Terrence Howard so much yeah they fired him because he wouldn't take a pay cut well and he was angry because Robert Downey Jr. was making more in the second one Mm -hmm. but let's be real who's the star who's the main character you don't even need that character the character you know War Machine never got interesting no offense to Don Cheadle they haven't they haven't done enough to make it worth the difference and i understand in the first movie the the sort of i mean those numbers are just astronomical to me and probably to you as an income you know and just for a few months of your life i understand robert downey jr not making as much in the first one because they also took a chance like yeah he was a big gamble at that point but after that, yeah, he absolutely had every right to demand more. So because the movie was brilliant, right? John Favreau did a really great job creating that role for him, and you know, it, it, you can't argue with it. it no. It's it's it's, it's literally for him. it launched not only Iron Man, it launched every MCU film from then on. Because, I mean, there are the ones from before that, like the Hulks before that, or Blade and all of that, but those aren't anywhere near, like, people will no. watch them, but they're nowhere near, like, what the MCU is now. Granted, have you guys gone and seen The Eternals yet? Have not seen it. I was supposed to see it this weekend, and I canceled, so I'm going to wait. Okay. I, I hear mixed, I, I, some people love it. Other people, my other friend was like, uh, he got a free ticket and he said it was cost more than the free ticket to see him they said they should have paid him to see it i mean it's really freaking long like everything else that comes out right now yeah uh, it doesn't feel like a marvel movie and i mean they talk okay. about iron man they talk about the snap and all of that but it i think if it was a standalone sci-fi film it might do mm-hmm. better and they are trying to introduce characters all the way up to the second end credit scene like it's new character, new character, new character, you know, and the only reason I remember any of their names is because they're the same as the Greek gods. Right. So, you know, and a lot of people are only in it for like five minutes, right? Right. Right. Like, I mean, Angelina is not in it very long. Is that uh, correct? She's, she's in it. She comes and goes. Mm-hmm. But like, if you look at the poster, she's up front and in the center. You would expect her to be the main character. She's yeah, because it's Angelina Jolie. Right. Um, you know, and look, you say what you want some people hate her i i I love angie like i think no matter she's one of those actresses that no matter what she does she's inherently watchable yes and that's rare because you know there are other people who are just like 
they could be there or not there. Right. You know, my friend loves Selma Hayek, but again, she's not Angelina Jolie. She's just kind of there. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoy her. I mean, this role that she is taking uh, it sort of looping back to Kevin Smith movies and Dogma, you know, besides, you know, the whole Stan Lee, Mallrats, technically right. being MCU, whatever, with air quotes. Some no, it. it is not technically MCU. Please stop. According to the fandom people. But anyway. No, no. Any, hush your mouth a minute. The fact that she's already playing a muse, which is part of Greek culture. And then in this one, she's playing Ajax, which is another character in Greek culture. And she's kind of, she's playing the same character she's played before. So not that exact character, but like in other movies. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I won't say it's one of my favorites, but we're at the very beginning of the next phase you know phase four so who knows what they're going to do with it that's the you know you're only one bad movie away from killing a franchise yeah and they've got however many 20 some in this one already plus all the it's, offshoot shows and everything else like they just announced yeah that agatha, it feels agatha show on uh disney plus oh god does she need a show apparently no anyway she doesn't need a show that's the problem hawkeye I give Hawkeye a pass. I'm like, fine. At least he's an original Avenger. Right. The most boring Avenger. I think... No, he is the most boring. He has arrows. Okay. But how? who refills that quill all the time? Because it gets full all the time. No one. That's That was the joke on SNL. He's like, boom, boom. I'm out of arrows, guys. So... Uh, right. Cool. Like, it's hilarious. I mean, I like that they admitted they, that was a joke. But like it's you know, physics shit. It's comical. Look, if you're really gonna break it all down, you know what I'm saying? Like right. stop. But you know, it, it, it Marvel is a unique thing, but just what I've been hearing about the Eternals, I I'm wondering if this is the worst Marvel movie from this you know, a section of, of MCU films, how it's going to affect the other films. Because let me tell you, I didn't love Doctor Strange. Oh, I didn't love Ant-Man. I love both of those. But I like I the- like the characters in a whole. Yeah. Like, they're fine. But I don't need to see another Ant-Man movie. Well, I don't no. really care. But see, and I mean, bless Paul Rudd. But- you know, I love those one-off weird characters. I like that, you know, yeah. that it's, you know, these little side stories, but they add to the main one. Right. This, this I, mean, whole, you know. I went into Eternals with some hope because I was like, okay, maybe it'll, maybe it'll be like that. You know, maybe it'll be Shang-Chi, which was fantastic, but it was kind of like, wow, it, it was, you know, and then Rotten Tomatoes tanked it before it even came out. Right. So well, that's that is also an interesting thing. Like, so you have Rotten Tomatoes, and yep. I know I'm I'm talking to a member of the prestigious Detroit Film Critics Association Society. So whatever. I mean, when you're talking to someone from the Detroit Critics Association, you have to give them the reverence and due respect that they deserve. It's like I feel like I should bow to perhaps. Yes, you don't. I mean, come I on. don't. I don't. There's I, no I love. Really don't. 
Oh, there's love. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, you know, okay. So first off, Rotten Tomatoes is interesting because it's an amalgamation, but I know personally people that have written bad reviews and Rotten Tomatoes scored it as a positive. And I was like, uh, fix it, <laughs> you know? But um, it's kind of funny how they, they score. Like, right. And I, I am waiting to hear back from them. So I have friends that are Rotten Tomatoes. You know, I have applied. Me too, but that's not because of their critics. Well, yes, <laughs> but I have applied. To- <laughs> anyway, so Soap Dish is available everywhere to find right now. That you can yeah, it's on Hulu. So honestly, if, if you're interested in a fun little uh, fluff. fluff film, it's really, a, it's, it's a fun little view. And um, I, I do think people should check it out because it really, it didn't get the love that it deserved. And I think it was, I think it was one, one of those little under the, under the bubble kind of films that need to get a little audience. It's cute. Yeah. It's really, really cute. And I think it, uh, it doesn't really, there's nothing in it that makes it scream dated because there's still soap operas and there's still right. that kind of stuff happening. And they still do the overacting and there's, I mean, yeah, it's soap operas and all that, but it's nothing too salacious that you could have it running and your kids could be running around watching, you know, Mm-mm. there's nothing, not really even cursing that I noticed. No, it's very clean. Honestly, it's very family yeah. friendly. Um, just in general, yeah. unlike Mallrats, when they she oh yeah why why does Priscilla Barnes eat her nipple? I never understood. She pops her third nipple off and then eats it. I don't know. And trying underwear on in the middle of a store, and yeah, some of that stuff I don't get. I mean, at least she but again, bought them, but ew. It did feel like okay. It just again, it all felt like a man writing women who doesn't know women yep but and that really it was more jarring to me this time honestly watching it mall routes again that's what i picked up but and it i want to so say noticeable it was so noticeable what is it the um is it the bachdell test for movies it would not pass you no. know what that is no but i'm sure it wouldn't <laughs> Oh, uh, what year did that come out? I think it's newly. It's a Beck, the Bechdel test for movies. Measure of representation of women in fiction and asking whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than guys. So actually mm-hmm. developing and not just there for, you know, oh, mom's there in the movie for a shoulder to cry on. You know, not just there to serve the men in the movie or the story. Right. So yes, this movie would absolutely fail that. Yeah. You know, but there's a lot of modern movies that come out all the time that would absolutely fail that. Yes. So, you know, we're getting better. And the fact that there are, um, there's a whole webpage for it that you can go to. It's bachdeltest.com that you can pull up a list where movies are rated how well it actually does and if it actually passes or not. So... You know, my inner yeah, feminist coming out. So well, no, it, it's true. I, you know, it's you know, you watch films. I just like characters. I love characters. I love dialogue. That's my yeah. thing. And if a character, if it doesn't have that, it really fails me. Which is funny because you look at a movie like Soap Dish, and you're like, you know, Kevin Smith is known for his dialogue. Yeah. And you would think, you know, oh, you know, Mar-, but then you watch it, and I'm like, it's just terrible. It's terribly written. But then Soap Dish, I was like, you know what? It was really well written because each of these characters were so defined, even down to Terry Hatcher's character, who didn't have a big role, but 
her character was still defined by her completely, even in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very small, but it, she had her voice. And I, I, I really respected that um, in that film. It was, and it was through lines. It was really well done. It, you know, yeah. where Mallrats was all over the place and just felt scattershot. I'm going to get, I'm going to get ridiculed by people if they actually listen to this. Yeah, because a few I, of my friends are will, huge. Because it is still uh, like a huge fan favorite. It's a, it's a huge people cult classic. It. Um, you know, and I, it's, I, I, I'm really actually sad. I, I'm, I was sad watching it and going, wow, this is not my memory of this film. Right. Because but I had a poster of it at some point. It's from 95. So we're talking 26 years later. I don't know, but I don't really give that passes. I mean, like, no, I'm not saying that it passes. It, I'm saying that your view on the movie and things and how it portrays it in the movie obviously are changing 26 years later. You know. Yeah, but I remember having these issues before with some of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying that to people like, well, you know, and I remember going, oh my God, Jeremy, Jason, London, and BJ, it's fucking character. I remember saying how much I hated him then. Now it was just intolerable. So, I mean, maybe it's just me going, how can you get $6 million to make this film? which should have been shot at 2 million and have it be this like wow i mean i mean the movie bombed if you look at the box office right but it picked up a cult following later all of his films have it picked up a cult following later and i love chasing amy i'm a little nervous to see that again cuz i i remember love i love chasing amy i haven't seen that one since i was probably in high school and i wonder if i'm going to like it again now probably not I mean, I want to say the other movies. I, we've seen the second Clerks movie that you think doesn't exist. It doesn't and, exist. Um, uh, it's so bad, Becky. Oh, okay. It's so so bad. I'm not saying it's good, but I, it does exist. You have to admit. No, it really doesn't. In the real right. world, it does not exist. Anyway. It's so bad. Like, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, Kevin Smith peaked at Chasing Amy, as far as I remember. And then everything else... I, when I try to watch the other girl, Jersey Girl, or oh, that one, Curly Sue, or whatever the effing movie that was, Jersey Girl, Curly Sue is a John Hughes one. Um, <laughs> Jersey Girl, it was unwatchable. It was awful. The best part is probably when J Lo dies. <laughs> so, I mean that, and the little girl doing Sweeney Todd. That's probably it. I don't even remember it. I just remember yeah. going. I, I remember being it. sad because I used to love Kevin Smith. I used to love Kevin Smith. You know, he was the indie thing back in, you know, the day in Detroit. Yeah. And going, Jersey Girl, what the F is this, numb nuts? And then Copland or Cop Out or whatever the crap that crap was with Bruce Willis. Oh, also unwatchable. And then I still blame him for that cameo in Scream 3. So there's that. But, um, and and the movies he did was it Tusk, which I couldn't get through. Never seen and that. Red State, I couldn't Honey? get through. Uh, he did not direct it. No, he's starring in it. Okay, I was like, wait, that yeah, is. Yeah, he had not like a right. little cameo or something in it. Yeah, I was. Like, and then um, not right. His movies. I mean, I liked Dogma. I mean, I don't know if I'll watch it. Like it now, I'm a little nervous. I remember seeing it, going, I like this. Even the shit monster was, I thought was stupid. Right, but it, even then. 
but you go into that one knowing it's going to be stupid and it's going to mock religion and all of that you know yeah i'm okay but look if you're going to do if you're going to take on religion do it smart right and now i'm a little nervous i haven't seen it in so long and i'm like i wonder if it's going to be worth it terrible right well it's going to be terrible my memory of it will be tainted you know the shit monster when i saw it the first time i thought it was stupid well it is stupid but so on that note um you let me decide the d or the discussion today Oh, I did. Oh, I was going to have one, but never mind. <laughs> no, you told me it's on me, and I get to choose what type of movies we're doing, too. Yay. So, all right. So the, I first, don't remember any of this. You FYI. did. I just you really did, because I took a note. Um, so did you, did, you, did you take a note? What kind of note was it? On paper? <laughs> anyway, we've discussed, like, the movies, like, the ones being really streaming and the star power, you know, but what about filmmakers? Mm-hmm. Like you want to go see French Dispatch and you want all this French Dispatch swag. Is yes, that- I would like to point that out. Yes, I would like French Dispatch swag. Anyway. I want the book. I want the cup. I want what the holder book? that the book goes in. The little little paper, the pamphlet thing. Oh, they, yeah, they- no, that's not happening. But, um, <laughs> oh, pout. Anyway. How many now, did you get though? You got like more than one, one didn't you? Just one. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, now is it, you want to see the movie because it's a Wes Anderson movie? So is it, now, do you want to see these movies that like even Tim Burton films, Mm -hmm. is the filmmaker enough? I mean, we know they have their wins and their falls, like enough to make you go see a film. Yes. I would rather see a director than an actor. Okay. So, so like if, if, if very short sure and sweet discussion there, Michael. Well, um, no, and if you think okay, so think about it. Like, okay, so Wes Anderson. Yeah. His films are all Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, they're very he has a very they're stylized. Style. Yeah. He's distinct. I, I I enjoy him. Quentin Tarantino is very similar in that respect, where his films are very distinct, they're very stylized. I don't I like think Quentin Tarantino, no, I think he's more like watching homework. Like, I should really watch this. Right. Only a couple, like Pulp Fiction is great. Kill Bill is, part one is so almost perfect in my humble opinion. I haven't seen it in a while, but I love Kill Bill. Uh, I did not like Django that much. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I, I was also not a fan of that I much. It was, I liked it. I liked it, but I don't like when, I'm tired of this revisionist history bullshit. Tell me history. Don't tell me revisionist history. It, or otherwise, we're in a different movie. If he wrote right. that with a, it's a different movie, okay, great. Different characters. I would have been way more into it. Right. I don't love those revisionist history kind of roles. That kind of like, eh. and now he's turning into a out. novel. So, yeah, I don't, you know, but um, you know, like David Fincher, I really enjoy his work. Uh, I think he, he he's one of the most brilliant directors because he's so methodical and I'm not that way in, in life. I'm just, I'm not a methodical, I can't be that methodical. I just, I'm like more of a get it done kind of person. Um, but his is like every, he reminds me of, of, of a modern day Kubrick where he will reshoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot to the point where he wants to make sure it's all pinpoint accurate. You know, um, I'm trying to think of other filmmakers. Tim Burton is one of those yeah. that I really enjoy. You know, he's very stylized and very the same. But I, I you know, 
I didn't see Dumbo because I couldn't do it. But otherwise, I, I think I see every it. Tim Burton movie. Um, but so, I haven't I mean, loved yeah. everything of his. But it's it's one of those. But like Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. When Ridley Scott is great. Yeah. He's great. When he's bad. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. What was his that what just came out? It was something the last duel with Ben and That's... Matt that I couldn't. I just. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't like Noah I thought it was I mean Alien Covenant even it was a B minus at best I liked Prometheus way more than I liked that like Prometheus was a, I actually liked it more than a lot of people I thought I'd give it a solid B plus even though the bad CGI um so it depends see and that's the but thing anyway. like when it comes to like Ridley Scott or um you know some of these ones like or Scorsese, like some of the mm-hmm. movies I really enjoy, but then I know there's several that I really don't. Right. So for me, for some of them, like right now, I just go, I see everything. But like for some of the titles, it's like, no, that's not enough to pull me in right now. Tim Burton has a higher success rate for me. So yeah. there's there's a higher chance of a Tim Burton one coming out. They'll be like, yeah, all right, let's go see that. You know. You kind of know what you're going to get. Right. You're going to go even if Johnny Depp's not in it, someone's going to get sprayed with blood. Uh, someone's going to do this. Someone's going to have this. It's going to be a little over the top. It's going to have a right. fun visual look. You kind of get it. You're like, all right, cool. I mean, and half of them will have Johnny Depp in them. Yeah. Oh, maybe not now, but yes. Well, yes. Or, you know, Helena Bottom Carter. But. I, Helena Bottom Carter. I love her. National treasure. So much. <laughs> so. She's amazing. Bellatrix alone. Adore See, and she was in um, Cinderella. She played the Kate Blanchett one. No. Or Dumbo. Emma Dumbo. No. She, well, Cinderella 2015, the Disney one, wasn't that? That was the Tim Burton one, too. No, he didn't do Cinderella. Are you sure? The Kate Blanchett one. Yes. I don't think he did that. No, he didn't. But she was in that. She plays the fairy oh. godmother. Oh, okay. So, Makes sense. yeah. If so. I want, if I'm going to have a fairy godmother, it'll be either Helena Bottom Carter or Tilda Swinton. <laughs> That's my fairy godmother. Fair. <laughs> Bring it on, babies! Come on. And my guess is you probably didn't see that version. You know, I think I started it and I didn't get through it. See, I liked it, but it's you know, it's girly. Those those remakes of Disney classics um don't do it for me either i don't i I didn't like the i saw mulan and i thought it was embarrassing i saw beauty and the beast and i thought i i turned it off at a certain point i thought it was also bad I, i just it doesn't it doesn't do it. They're, they're not the best. Um, the ones that really upset me was Aladdin. No, I couldn't. No. The architecture was gorgeous, but the, you know, and the outfits were gorgeous, but that's yeah, when the he, culture yeah. part. Um, and then uh, there was, an, oh, the Nutcracker and the Seven Realms or whatever it was. I saw a movie called The Nutcracker, but it really wasn't for families. And <laughs> <laughs> there were seven realms uh i'm however. sure there were but um, uh aladdin i don't think i saw the whole thing i think i turned it off midway through 
because I couldn't get through it. But I don't remember. See, and I grew up like the the. Or maybe I did because Will Smith was blue. Yes, the animated one came out when I was in elementary school, and I love the Broadway version. And it's like oh. they tried to meld the two together, and they did not do it successfully. You know, Robin Williams made that character you his own. You just can't. and you can't replace him. And I, I like Will Smith. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh, I but. absolutely do, but. It's well, and you know, in his movie coming out, um, I think it comes out next yeah. week. He does well in it, but it's not his strongest role. And the girls that oh. are playing the um, playing Venus and Serena just outshine mm-hmm. him. And I'm like, interesting because somebody else said that too. I there there've been FYC screenings. And I RSVP, and then I'm like, no, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I love Will Smith. But when two little girls are outshining him on the screen, granted, he could have purposely done that because it was really their story. He didn't. But th- those girls were so damn good. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. You know, yeah. I, I yeah. Uh, anyway, so you're going to your picks. You never actually got there. So. Oh, well, originally, my goal was to get you out of the 90s. Getting out of the 90s. I'm trying because you keep you're stuck in the 90s. But then <laughs> if we stick with this filmmaker um kind of theme, mm-hmm. if we choose a filmmaker that one is kind of, you know, just is iconic and is one that I mean, he wrote our childhood, wrote my childhood, okay. probably yours too. Do you know who I'm talking about? Spielberg? No, John Hughes. Well, okay, John Hughes, okay. Are you going to shoot me down my topic? No, I mean, if you want to choose John Hughes movies, that's awesome, because I love John Hughes. Right. There's three movies he did that was good, that was it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Home Alone Home Alone is, like, on the borderline, so I hate that movie. But um, On that note, there's another one of those coming out. I know. Do we need another one? We were good with two. We were good with none. John, okay, so John Hughes made three good movies Being. i mean and, well i mean and he didn't even write them all i mean or i mean 16 candles breakfast club and um pretty pink even some kind of wonderful was his but he didn't direct it i don't think did he direct any of them um i think he directed those three right pretty and pink 16 candles and breakfast club correct uh, some kind of wonderful he came up with the story and he wrote it Howard Deutsch r- directed it okay and then he did Home Alone he wrote it useless information did... just up in that head of yours is amazing to me yeah I know right it's like and Curly Sue you know he did Curly Sue um and then he just you know he did Baby's Day Out and all these really crappy movies in the 90s mm-hmm. but his movies his his big movies were those those movies I mean, in Vacation, I think he also did the story for Vacation, uh, the script for Vacation. Yeah, the first one. And the third one. I don't think he did European. I could be wrong. So you're saying he did Christmas, not Vacation, Vacation? He did Vacation, the first one. But he didn't do Christmas. And he did Christmas, but I don't think he did European. Okay. But double check that since you have it on the computer. I can hear you clicking. I am clicking. That's why I have so many screens. I have like one, two, three. Check in to see. 
But I know, I don't think he, I know Harold Ramis directed The First Vacation, and I don't remember who directed Christmas, but it certainly wasn't John Hughes. But I think he either wrote the original story that Vacation was based on and a script mm-hmm. with that and Christmas. I don't think he was involved in European. I, well, I mean, just looking at his remember. list, I mean, you've listed a bunch of them anyhow, but I mean, like, like I said, most of these are like my childhood Beethoven, yeah. Dutch, Miracle on 34th Street. Stop. What? Stop. Flubber. See, that's what I'm saying. I mean, not all of them he, are great, but they no, are ones that not he all grew of them up are with. Good. Look, he had this terrible run later on. Well, but yeah. when he had the Molly Ringwald oeuvre, which, I mean, I know she bagged on him, like, oh, there's so many things that are problematic. I mean, oh, I mean, yes. Absolutely. So many themes are problematic, especially like now, if you look back. Well, you look at any, that's why we looked at Mallrats and look at all the problems, not just technical, but like a 15 year old having sex with overage guys and lying about her age. That alone is bad because it's entrapment. And I don't even know who would be arrested for that. Like if you're underage and you lie, you tell the guy you're overage. He would still still be because he's supposed to be able to know. How? I don't know, but he's the Is it like a tree? Is there like a tree that looks like there's like rings on the tree? Like, I, I, I mean, I don't if know. you try to do your due diligence. Yeah, okay, but. And be good. But his I mean, character look, wouldn't have tried to do anything. I'm not actually talking about his character. I'm talking about everybody, the 39,000 people that came before him, apparently. Right. Like, Could you like the old guy, the old guy in the end, the, the Lafours, the whole thing was he that was cut out, he actually started dating her. And then the book came out. That's why at the end, when you see him kiss her, that's why. Yeah, that's not creepy at all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, you know, then you look at pretty, and I mean, 16 Candles, the, you know, Long Duck Dong alone. Right. With the chopsticks oh my gosh. They play. I mean, if it's, it's easy to say these things looking back with today's lenses. Back then, it wasn't like that. It, it was, I mean, if you even look at like um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. Oh my gosh, who was it in in uh, mm. that played uh, Asian? Oh my gosh. Um, oh yes. Ah, but yeah. Anyway, all of it. You know what I mean? So it's it's like you know you wouldn't do that now, and not that I think you should um, censor any of the film. I think they should be shown as they are. But Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. Yeah, wasn't that who no. it was? I believe Mickey that Rooney played Mister. Yuniosho or Yuniyoshi. Yes. But yeah, I mean, just, I mean, Long Duck Dung and the cultural things there, you know, and I mean, this was right. the, what, the 80s? Yeah, that was mid 80s. Right. You would think we would have been better, but I mean, we were there. It wasn't that much better. No. So <laughs> it was the 80s. All right. Oh, so if we're going to pick John Hughes, uh, yeah. that's perfectly fine. I, I will choose. Um, Pretty in pink because I love that movie. All right, um, I will hold on. You're gonna pick this. something crappy. You're gonna pick no. I can tell. It's gonna no, be like oh, I will. I will hold off. Flubbers, amazing. For later, oh, Flubber is just the best movie of all time. Um, your choices. <laughs> I will give you a choice. I picked Pretty in Pink. Oh my! Oh, your choice for you. Okay. I will give you two that I'm between. Yes. Other than my cat crying out the door, um, Breakfast Club. Or Ferris. (laughs) 
I love them both. I, mean, I know. Uh, and it's so funny. You. Ferris is one that I never saw all the way through up until a few years ago. Every time like I'm traveling and it comes on TV, if I turn it on, it's always at the same point. Like I always turn it on at the same spot. And I was like, yeah. I'm missing like the beginning half of this movie. So I made a it's point so a few good. years ago to sit down and watch it. Because I was like, for crap's sake, you know? Right. Um, all right, let's do Ferris. It's a little bit different. And does that Molly Ringwald in it? Okay. 16 candles, right? Is that what you said? No, pretty oh. in pink. <laughs> wow. I'm just changing it as we go. Pretty in pink. I mean, honestly, you could pick any of those four. I actually. When I said he did three movies, I, I forgot about Ferris. I forgot he did that. Um, and you said Ferris, correct? Yeah, I love Ferris. All right. So at least this way, you know, it's coming from the same filmmaker. At least we would have some hopeful commonalities and things that we can discuss about them. Commonality. I want to discuss the commonalities. Oh, I'm in the Detroit Film Critics Society. Oh, I want to. <laughs> I want to die a second. You know, seeing as there is a box right there behind me, tell you, with something that you want in it, it is, and I don't suck up though for it until I need to. I know, but then you're just being a butt. So, welcome to Friday. Apparently, Friday, Friday. Um, no, I think it's gonna be fun. I actually, you know, we can talk more about all the John Hughes films that we know and and care about too, because that's also. it's an important thing because John Hughes is one of the most important seminal filmmakers of so many people's childhood, Yeah, you know, and, and he's, he's really, really talented. I just wish he wouldn't have gone down the road of these crappy films like Lover and Dutch and Curly Sue and Home Alone. I, I, Home Alone, I guess I don't hate as much as you do, but I think it's because of the age difference. Like I was at that age at, it was, you know, the other ones like Breakfast Club and that I didn't see till much later because those were out when I was pretty little. So he didn't pull the chain on the on the elephant lamp. Oh. <sighs> anyway, so you're happy with uh, those choices? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, good. So that will be next week, and then we'll have our week off for Thanksgiving. Yes. And then we'll come so back. All with- four of you listening, including you, Grandma um suck it up from the beyond (sighs) all right so that is it for today and we will i guess see or be here next week they'll only see us if they follow us on youtube but otherwise you can find us on pretty much every uh software that you can download your podcast from and tell your friends to listen especially if they have insomnia they can definitely listen to this and it will cure it. Uh-huh. Or if they're like Michael's grandmother and dead, they might mm-hmm. still enjoy it. So. As long as they click. That's right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for today. <laughs> Bye. Bye.